We give you praise, Father, that as we've gathered together, we know that you're in our midst. And we praise you for it. We do ask that you be with Pastor Allen. Touch him, strengthen him, lift him up. May he be an example in this event of God's grace and God's mercy. Anoint him, Father, we pray. Be with us in this hour. May your name be lifted and glorified in Jesus, we pray. Amen. This week I was in uh, Dollar General. I have trouble remembering which one is which. Uh, anyway, as, as I was walking through, I, I saw this placemat for the table. And uh, it says on it, together we make a family. You're my family. Uh, we don't have the same mother, but we do have the same father. And we are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. It also says uh, family is the heart of our home. Uh, I don't know if you can read it or not, but uh, it says that there. And then the last one says, a family is a patchwork of love. Uh, I saw that and I said, you know, that's the story of the church. Uh, the, together we make a family. The essence of family is the heart of our home. And love accomplishes it. It all. I'd like to speak to you this morning about family. Um, but in starting, I want to tell you a little bit about my family. Uh, I had four female siblings and four male siblings. Now, if you do your math, that comes to nine. Uh, I was told, I, I didn't know about it personally, but there were two or three that passed away in the uh, in between times when they were in infancy. My oldest sibling is a sister 12 and a half years older than I am. And my youngest brother is was, because he's passed away, um, 16 years younger than I am. So if you count that out, that's 30, almost 30 years of childbearing that my mother went through. Um, my mother was a loving individual. Uh, she, everybody that knew her called her an angel. Uh, those who, of our family who got uh, disciplined by her didn't have quite the same opinion. <laughs> um, but mom's discipline was, was never severe. However, dad was a disciplinarian. Uh, he was the kind of guy that, uh, when he said jump, we knew we better do it. Uh, we often jokingly describe dad as uh, demanding jump, and on the way up, you better be asking, how high do you want me to go? Uh, he was very, very strict. Uh, by having a dad like mine, uh, I came to an understanding early in life about God's uh, 
sovereignty. Dad was the sovereign in our home. There was no doubt about it. Uh, And just like Dad expected immediate response and obedient response, I think maybe God does too. A little bit different than Dad in, in how he handles us. But I, I see God's sovereignty when I think about my dad's uh, way of raising his family. And I learned that the love that my mother had mirrors God's love for his children. Uh, Mom had a love that was, uh, can I use the word palpable? You could feel her love uh, when you walked in the house. And people could come that were total strangers and she'd invite them for lunch or supper, whatever time of the day they happened to be there. Uh, She'd never met them, didn't know who they were from Adam, but they were invited for lunch. She was the kind of person that welcomed anybody and everybody. And we had some real characters come to our house. Today, if you haven't figured it out, I want to talk about family. Family is important. And I want us to come to that understanding how important family really is. We've all come from family. Some of us large families, some of us small families. Some of us typical families, some of us non-typical families. Some of us from broken families, some of us from uh, non-broken, whole families. But we all came from families. And we can think back about how our family was. Some of us say, my family is very, very loving family. And some would say, uh, my family is still at odds with each other uh, and, and never was loving and probably never will be loving. Uh, you see, God designed human beings to be a part of family. In Genesis chapter 1, if you have your Bibles with you or take the Bibles from under the seat in front of you, uh, it tells us about that first family. And if you uh, are looking for Genesis chapter 1, it's in page 3, where you want to be. And uh, in the scripture there says, so God, and this is verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, till the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that that moves on the earth. And so God created a man and he created a woman. And he said, I want you to be family, a relationship with each other. And I want you to fill the earth, have children. It's part of God's plan. Have children and and fill the earth with children. And so Adam and Eve 
had children. Every time that God created uh, or finished a day of creation, he looked at it afterwards. The Bible says, and God saw that it was good. And then when he created man and woman, and he blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. And a few verses later, uh, the scripture says, then God saw everything that he made. And indeed, it was very good. Not just it was okay. Not just it'll get by, but it was very good. He created you and he created me very good. Now, my me isn't what it used to be. I've shrunk two inches from what I used to be. I've gained a little bit of girth from what I used to be. I think it just squashed down. You understand that, don't you? If you're you're older like I am, um, young people can't be. It'll happen. Um, but God saw what He had made, and He says it's very good. So you are very good because you're God's creation. You matter to God. Put your mind on that for a bit. And tell yourself, I matter to God. I matter to God. He cares about me. Think about that. Revel in it. How God made you is good. I I know a number of people who feel like oh I'm just I'm just not worthy of anything I'm I'm not worth anything and they go around with their head down and their hands in their pockets and, and just feeling bad about themselves all the time but I'm here to tell you today God made you good Hallelujah now it says also there that God blessed Adam and Eve. I want to talk about that blessing. It's not always thought of as an important thing. In fact, sometimes not thought of at all. But it is important. When God blesses a person, or for that matter, a nation, that person or that nation experiences peace, prosperity, and true happiness. I want to be blessed by God more and more. I want God's blessings on my life. I want God's blessings on your life. Where you are, what you're doing. I pray that God would bless you. Which one of us doesn't want that? Which nation doesn't need it? I can't think of one. So God blessed Adam and Eve, and he told them to fill the earth and bring it into subjection to themselves. That's family. Husband, wife, children, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Faye and I have people who call us mom and dad that we're not related to in any way. Because they've come to our house and they sense love and acceptance. 
where they didn't get it in their homes. And so we're the mom and dad that they never had. I believe God's people can be known that way. As people so full of love and so full of God's blessings that they just got to give it out to other people. And I encourage you, live your life like that. God is interested in love. He's interested in unity. He's interested in family fellowship, singleness of purpose for the family, respect for each other in the family. We need to follow the pattern that Jesus shows us. When he prayed for his followers, Father, let them be one, just as you and I are one. The family unit needs to be unit. It needs to have that cohesion. That's the love of God that keeps us together and holds us together. And then an important thing that I didn't mention this morning earlier, he wants us to be able to forgive one another. We're all going to do things that hurt other people in our family. But we need to be able to forgive. In fact, in one place in the scripture, there's several places, but one that I'm thinking of, uh, the scripture says, if you don't forgive your fellow man his trespasses, neither will God forgive you your trespasses. Oh, think about it. Have I forgiven that person that hurt me in the past? Jesus says, if I don't forgive that person, God's not going to forgive me of mine. That's important to know. It's important to understand. Forgiveness has to be a part of the believer's life, active day by day. Many families today do have disagreements over trivial items. They spend the rest of their years of life trying to see how they can get back at that family member that offended them. I saw it firsthand. My dad had a brother who was a police officer in the southern part of the state, and uh, he had three daughters. Uh, my uncle died with a heart attack as he was driving somewhere, had enough sense to pull over and into the ditch so he was, out of, he was on a freeway. So he was out of traffic and, and died in his car with a heart attack. But his four daughters uh, talked over and, and mom decided that uh, she would give some of his things away. And, and one of the daughters received her dad's hunting rifle, deer rifle. Uh, the oldest daughter, who's close to my age, uh, felt like since she was the oldest, it should be hers. And so she went to her sister and tried to get it from her. No, no, mom gave this to me. It's, it was dad's and I, I'm going to have it. And so the oldest daughter uh, was very angry at the one with the rifle. And she refused to talk to her for the rest of her life. And the one with the rifle died of cancer about a year and a half, two years ago. Two, two and a half years ago now, maybe. Um, and I went to the funeral, and I said, where's Kathy? Oh, she, she couldn't get along with whatever the other cousin's name was. <laughs> uh, my memory slits me on it. But she couldn't get along with her, and so she refused to come to the funeral. 
I shook my head in disbelief. Over a rifle? You hate your own sister over a rifle? I felt like going out and buying Kathy a rifle of her own, but I didn't have money to do it, so I didn't. But yeah, that ought not to be in God's family. There ought to be a love that surpasses and overlooks those little things. Families should not have jealousies that divide. God didn't plan it that way. And I believe God won't bless families that have feelings like that. Let's make sure it isn't that way in our families, all right? Will you work with me on that? Will you work with God on that? Secondly, this morning, I want to realize us to realize that God gave directions for families to follow. He didn't just put us on earth and say, okay, go be a family. He says, this is how a family works. And in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 22, uh, it tells us there uh, God's way of a family working. He says in verse 22 of chapter 5, and that's page 1,823 if you're looking it up in the Blue Bible. Uh, he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And go on, uh, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. And then he, he continues in uh, chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. We need to figure out what honoring our parents is, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children, to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Here's God's uh, menu or, or God's recipe for a family that works together good. He says that the husband is to love his wife sacrificially, just like Jesus loved and loves the church by giving his own life for the church to make it pure. Paul was not giving license to the husband to lord it over his wife as the master and ruler of everything. But he was giving direction to the husband to live in such a way and respect his wife in such a way that she in turn would respect him. That's important. My wife can't respect me if I'm mean and ugly and selfish, and all the other things that I see in some men in their families. But God says, you need to live toward her in such a way that she can respect you. If there's respect mutually from husband to wife and from wife to husband, 
it's sure a whole lot easier to get along. Let me tell you, I know. Having been there in both situations. There have been times I've not been real nice to my wife. I've had to go back and ask for forgiveness later. But she stuck with me. Respect. When a husband and wife, man and woman, take the marriage vows, they become a team giving 100% to the other individual. I had always thought it's 50-50. I'll give 50%, you give 50%, that makes 100%. That's not the way God designed it. God said, husband, you need to give 100% to your marriage, to your wife. Wife, you need to give 100% to your husband. So it's a 200% deal. 100% of me from me and 100% of you from you. If that marriage is going to work and be what it ought to be. No holding back for self, but willing to sacrifice totally for your spouse. That's God's ideal and it works to make a truly great marriage. He also gave those directions for children and parent relationships. Obedience and honor are expected from the child to the parent. But also, Paul says here, that the parent needs to not provoke his child. Think about it. If you're always doing something to make your child angry at you, how can that child honor you and respect you and be obedient? Provoking a child brings resentment and it brings misbehavior. I believe as parents, we need to read that portion of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, two, three, four times a year, and then ask ourselves, am I measuring up to this Scripture? that I've just read? Do I provoke my children? Do I train them in the admonition of the Lord, in the ways of loving God? Ask yourself, am I being the parent God wants me to be? You, you realize, parents, and, and there's a few here, you are the first and the most important image of Jesus that your child sees. And how your child sees you is very close to how that child perceives God. So if my child sees me as a mean and ugly and, and bitter and uh, just kind of person that you don't want to be around, that child's image of God is not going to be wholesome. We need to let our children see what, that God is loving Merciful and kind and all the rest of the things. Am I being the type of stand-in for Jesus that my child can look at me and see the love of God? A holy God, a good God, a loving God, and a just God. The last thing this morning is found in Mark chapter 3. Page 1,556 in your blue Bible. 
Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. I, I want to read these verses to you again. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother and my brothers? And he looked around in the circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. That makes you my brothers and my sisters. If you are obedient to God, you are my brother or my sister. It's like being related to Aiden Crandall. <laughs> there have been times in my life when there's people who says, nah, I don't think I want to be. But I trust God has made the difference. And will do it and make it a good relationship. Whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. I brought a book with me that I had planned on reading a portion to you. Uh, Corey Tenboom, a prisoner in uh, the Nazi com concentration camps. I got it from one of the ladies in Wednesday night Bible study, and, and I had read uh, The Hiding Place earlier in life, but I had never seen Tramp for the Lord. And this is called Tramp for the Lord. And uh, she, she uh, relates that she was getting older in life, 73 years old, and felt weary and needed to rest. She said, I just would like to sleep in the same bed for a while, rather than a different bed every single night. And so God provided a place for her. And she went to Africa on this retreat for missionaries and, and pastors. And uh, she was there for a while, and she said, I can get used to this, and maybe I'll just spend the rest of my life here. That very day, a pastor from Africa came along, and, and, and he said, uh, uh, I, I've got a scripture for you. I know what you have done. I know how hard you have worked and what you have endured. I know your powers of endurance, how you have suffered for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. But I hold this against you, that you have loved have lost your first love. Remember then how far you have fallen. And she said, God caught her up short. And she said, because of what this pastor said to me, and she asked him to continue reading, and, and the scriptures were from God, repent and live as you lived at first. Otherwise, if your heart remains unchanged, I shall come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And she says, I had to obey God. He told me that obedience is what he's asking of me. And I'm telling you this morning, God says to every one of us, obey me. Obey my will. Do what I ask you to do in your life. If you get a chance, read this book. It's worth reading. Let me, let me uh, assure you of that. I'm running out of time, but seek God's will, determine to do it, and the blessings will just overflow your life, and the joy will overflow your life, and you will be the person that God wants you to be for the rest of this world.
Will you do that? Bow your heads with me, please. Father, you have been so good to us. You have directed us. You have guided us. You have made us your family. May we do our part and be obedient. And may we honor you. And may our respect for you grow day by day until our very lives are a witness to God's grace and God's goodness. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.